Okay, boys. I'm kind of wondering, uh, guys, about the chippiness. And I'm not talking a bag of Ruffles or a bag of Doritos or maybe a Syracuse-style a bag of Terrells. Boy, those Syracuse games definitely got chippy. First, let's talk about the basketball team. And boy, are they giving me fits. It's almost like a repeat of last year all over again. Is Syracuse basketball doomed to have a losing record again? I mean, they had a pretty cool victory in overtime over Richmond. But then going up against our old school foes, St. John's, that went into overtime and we lose to St. John's. But I'm talking about chippiness. How about when we meet an old friend, or I should say, new friend who's become pretty chippy with us, Bryant, a school out of Rhode Island who took us right to the buzzer two years ago. Boy, this game was taken right to the buzzer because Joe Girard hit those free throws, but we couldn't stop the Bryant player from going coast to coast, and I don't mean Atlantic to Pacific, from one end of the court to the other, to score the winning basket. Although we had eight-tenths of a second, who the heck can get off a shot in eight-tenths of a second? You have to be, you know, almost moving at the speed of light. But who can move at 176,000 miles per second on a basketball court? A ray of light. But of course, talking about chippiness, earlier in the game, Apparently, a little hand-slapping between a Bryant player and Judah Mintz turned into a little full-scale brawl for a couple of minutes. As a result, Judah Mintz, who's definitely become one of our top players, got ejected. So did a couple of Syracuse assistant coaches and a couple of Bryant players. Boy, that cast a pall over the game, didn't it? Who knew that Brian had become such a chippy enemy for the SU basketball team? But again, we're 3-3, three and three, and it looks like deja vu all over again. Thank you, Yogi Berra, for the Syracuse basketball team. And tonight, it's the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which is occurring for the last time. Because next year, it's going to be the ACC-SEC challenge. Yes, we play the Illini, Illinois, who we played four other times and Illinois's beaten us three of the four times. And the thing is, this Illinois team is pretty talented, even with the turnover. Yes, turnover of players, that is. Yes, a lot of people are saying Illinois should really handle Syracuse. But sometimes you never know with Bayheim and the guys, they could rise to the occasion. Maybe Girard can get out of his shooting funk. Maybe we start playing Syracuse basketball. Maybe we can give the fighting Illini a pretty good run for their money. But I mean, come on Syracuse. Hopefully I'm not gonna be seeing deja vu like last year. One losing season is enough. And if another losing season happens, there's going to be a lot of grumbling up on University Hill that maybe Bayheim has stayed too long. 
You know, I mean, I, I'm one of the biggest ones that says, hey, he should retire when he wants to retire. But you know what? Another losing season, it's unacceptable to Syracuse fans. Come on, guys. Break out of this spunk. Rise up and beat Illinois. Because it is a long season that's still ahead. Let's go. And talk about chippiness. Boy, I mean, it looked like it was going to be another loss. I mean, we went to, to, we went to Boston College up there, right there on Bunker Hill, Beacon Hill, and any other places in Boston we can think of. And it looked like for three quarters, we were the team that was three and eight, playing out the string. Boston College getting a couple of big breaks, the fumble and the block punt. But I do think Syracuse's defense definitely rose to the occasion for a while. But in the fourth quarter, you know, when you got superior talent at a lot of the positions, especially on offense, you rise to the occasion. Syracuse did and wound up beating Boston College 32-23. to but how about after the game? Looks as though there was a whole lot of chippiness there. And I don't, like I said, I don't mean Doritos or, or I don't mean Ruffles. I mean maybe a lot of Terrell chips, if you know what I mean. Yep, it looks as though the Boston College player definitely started it. But it did get a little out of hand there, especially with a couple of Syracuse players trying to plant their flag. Well, you know what? That was going a little too far. Kudos to Dino Babers for taking that flag away and trying to help calm the situation. Yes, Boston College and Syracuse are pretty big rivals on the football field and on the basketball court. But I mean, some, I know there's a lot of hard feelings at times, but you know what? That was going a little too far trying to plant the flag. Still, we finished seven and five, but I am a little worried about how we played for three quarters. It almost looked like the Dino Babers spell where fell farewell tour was definitely going to be going on. But you know what? We're seven and five, and now about that bowl game, the consensus are saying that hey, because finally after three years, they're going to be playing the bowl there in Fenway Park that Syracuse is the favorite to be the ACC representative in the Fenway Bowl. But now there, it comes out that, hey, Syracuse didn't want to be considered for the Fenway Bowl. After the chippiness after the game, you got to think, hmm, maybe somebody was onto something. You know what? I'm pretty satisfied if we go to the Pinstripe Bowl again. Because, hey, we got a lot of alumni down there in New York City in Yankee Stadium, with the exception of the Notre Dame game a few years ago, has always been a friendly place for the SU football team to play. Well, we'll see come Sunday when we find out our destination. Let's go, Syracuse football. But, I mean, I got to wonder, is Dino Baber's time almost up as SU's coach? And are we going to Boston, which I hope not? And are we going to New York City, which I hope? 
Might be nice to maybe head somewhere warm, but who knows? Our slide probably took care of that. Now I'm going to go to another one with a lot of tension. The U.S. is getting ready to play Iran in the final game of pool play for this year's World Cup. And I mean SU, uh, not SU, the United States has to beat Iran to move to the round of 16, the knockout round. Big kudos to them for playing a pretty good match against England, even if they didn't score a goal. As you know what, England is one of the top teams in soccer. England always brings a formidable team to the World Cup. Of course, the English have kind of fallen short on expectations the last few times in the World Cup. Anybody remember 36 years ago, Diego Maradona with the hand of God? Which I think is this. Oh, I'm not God. I'm just Kenny Haas. And of course, that terrific goal he scored four minutes later, of which the Uruguayan television commentator said he wanted to cry. Of course, that was one of the greatest goals I ever saw scored. But I digress. And I mean, everybody knows the tension between the United States and Iran. The last 42, 43 years have been rife with tension ever since the Iranian Revolution and Khomeini and his, I should say, but I, I I'm not going to say the word because I don't want to rile anybody up. Khomeini and his soldiers pretty much took over and said, down with the infidels, down with the United States of America. And of course, everybody remembers the hostage crisis and everything that's happened in the last 42 years. And I mean, every time you think about Iran, 25% of the world's petroleum goes through the Strait of Hormuz. And I mean, Iran has the resources to choke that off and stop shipping and cause a lot of economic crisis. Of course, now the talk is, hey, somebody on U.S. soccer altered Iran's flag by not having the Islamic symbols on there. Iran says, throw the U.S. out of the World Cup. You know what? I'm sick and tired of all of the strife and all of the stuff that seems to come out of Tehran towards the United States. Tehran is a very important city. I think it's like the eighth or ninth biggest city in the world. But a lot of stuff seems to come out of Tehran, including air pollution and pollution that I don't like. Come on, United States. We can beat these Iranians. We can advance to the round of 16 in the World Cup. And you know what? It's time to tell the Iranians to shut up, as I've had enough. And last but not least, I am talking about what happened to Marty Colgrove, who was the coach of the Lions girls basketball team. A great, a good friend, and also he was one of my mom's great students. He's a great person to boot. He had one of the great restaurants here, Coach's Diner, for a few years. Tried to make it work. But, I mean, he had to close it because of circumstances beyond his control. 
he became the coach of the Lions girls team. But apparently, he fell victim to the same thing that happened to Damon Nicholson when Damon Nicholson was the coach of the Romulus girls team. After leading Romulus to a state title four years later, Nicholson pretty much calls it quits because somebody cried about the way he talked to him during halftime, especially when she should have been paying attention and not focusing on socializing on her phone and with her friends. You know what? They said Colgrove was, take, was fired from a Lions because, hey, they wanted to move in a different direction. Sure sounds like a lot of backhanded politics to me. Like somebody on the team or some parent cried foul about the way he was coaching, which is old school. And in this day and age, old school is definitely, I think, the way to go. You can't win with a team by coddling them all the time. And you know what? Somebody can't handle it, then they shouldn't be on the team. Oh, they went in a different direction, all right. And I'm not going to say but it sure looks like Colgrove was the victim of Dirty Pool. So I'm saying shame on Lions for letting Colgrove go. Colgrove will, sit, go, will definitely land somewhere because he's a darn good person and a darn good coach. My heart's with you, Marty. Keep your head up. And that's all I'm going to say this week.